Um, guys, thank you so much for uh, helping us figure this out. Um, I know it's, it's weird to, to figure out uh, how to go about doing church to not forsake the gathering of the saints in the midst of everything that's going on. And so thank you for bearing in with us as we, as we figure this out. Um, we're figuring it out here. Andrew and I are figuring this out. Uh, my favorite moment so far figuring it out is Andrew setting his living room up and looking at uh, Peter, looking at him going, where are we going to sit? And Peter, Andrew's like, right here. And Peter says, all six of us? It's a two-person couch. <laughs> and Peter's like, how are we going to sit up right here? And Andrew's like, oh, yeah, let's figure that part out. And so uh, we're all figuring it out, but uh, it's just exciting to still be able to meet together in some kind of way. Uh, I was looking at my Facebook on my phone as Andrew was singing, so I wanted to know who all was watching, so I would kind of feel connected with you guys. And so thanks for tuning in, and I hope everything works out okay. We're going to finish up, or not quite finish up, but finish the last main point of our Fruitful Disciple. And next week, Tim's going to be pitching in and giving up the uh, giving us an overview of the whole thing and bringing it together, which I'm really excited about. So you're not going to want to miss next week either. Uh, the last word for today is the word action. And it says that if we, we must live as action-oriented people. And so I'm really excited to, to dig into this idea with you guys. And so you can go ahead and start writing that down as you turn to Matthew chapter 28. Uh, it's a passage that we're familiar with. Uh, and a lot of times we read over a lot of it and don't think about it. But I want us to slow down a little bit tonight and think about Matthew chapter 28. Um, so here we go. Let's read Matthew 28 starting in verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. Guys, this is an exciting passage as Jesus gives us his final words out of Matthew. And it's, it's a great note to end on. I think he knew what he was doing as he did it. Um, we've got this, we read all of Matthew, and there's all these amazing things unfold, and he ends with this, with this sending of us to go and to do things that he's told us to do, is to teach the things he told us to teach. He's called us to action as he's wrapped up the entire book of Matthew. Um, so he's, he's calling us to live as an action-oriented people. Uh, but this word here in Matthew, as he says, go, could, could better be translated instead of go from the Greek. It could be translated as you are going. So it's not a call to go on missions. It's not a call to take up a mission trip and go to Durham, to go out to North Carolina somewhere further, to go to Washington, D.C., or to go out to India. It's a lifestyle that he's calling us to as you are going. So it's not a, a call to pick up every now and then, but it's a call that we live this way every day, all day. We live as an action of taking the gospel to the world. And so it, it's what we need to do. There's a few points that I want to bring out that will help us wrap our mind around uh, what it's going to take for us to live this lifestyle. Uh, number one, I believe that we must be connected. So you can write that word down. We must be connected. More specifically, we must be connected to the source of the power that we have inside of us. In Acts 1.8, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. He's, he's going to give us power. He's going to give us the power. So as a disciple who was living an active life, living in an action, we have to stay connected to the source of that power, the work that God is doing in us. How are we going to do that? I think there's three ways we're going to do that. Number one, 
Um, we have to stay in prayer. We have to stay in prayer. First Thessalonians tells us that we have to pray without ceasing. That can never stop. Um, oh man, uh, I forget which one said it now. It'll come to me as I'm saying it. Um, man, um, man he, I'll say the quote and then it'll come to me who said it. He says, I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. I think it was Martin Luther. That's exactly what it was. Martin Luther was, you know, had a busy day, and, and he said, man, it's so busy. It's so... Was it George Mueller? No, it was, it was, it was uh, Luther. I'm pretty sure it was uh, Martin Luther. Um, he said, man, there's, there's so much for me to do today. I'm going to spend the first three hours of it in prayer. So the reality is that prayer is not added to the work, but it's part of the work. And we cannot keep thinking about prayer as something that we add on to what we do, but it is a primary thing of what we need to be doing. We have to stay connected to God. So make prayer an active part of your life. Make it, plan to do it. Don't just say, I'm going to get around to it, but plan it as a part of your day. Number two in staying connected is we have to stay in the Word. Romans 12 says we're going to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, and the Word of God is going to transform our mind. We have to stop the input that we all take in, and we have to spend time in the Word. This is a season of life right now where a lot of us have more time on our hands. The things that we've been filling our life with have now been taken away from us, and we're left with a lot of time that I believe we can start focusing on the things that are most important. We can focus on the things that are eternal things. So we have to spend time in the Word. I believe it also includes this idea of being still. Um, when I was working with, uh, when we were Youth for Christ, I was one of the conferences they do, and I was hanging out with a guy named Don Talley. And uh, Don was, was, we're talking about our ministry, talking about what was going on. And he gave me a challenge, and he says, look, take your Bible and uh, just start reading through uh, one of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, one of those three Gospels. As you read through it, take a note of all the times Jesus got away from the crowds to just be with the Father by himself. It was a really neat experiment for me to do, or a really neat thing for me to do. If Jesus himself had to stop and slow down to have quiet time with God, how much more do we need? If for him to be connected, he had to slow down and be still with God, how much more do we as mere humans need that idea, need that reality? I'll add this part to it. That takes, that's hard. That's hard for me. It's extremely difficult for me to get quiet, to stop my mind and just be still. As we talk to people, and we were having this conversation life together, uh, as we talk to people, one of the common thoughts is, man, it's really hard for me to do that. I know. So I have music playing. I do this. I do this. And there's several things that will add on to that. And I think that there's times where that's completely appropriate. But I think there's also a time where you have to basically shut all of it down. And just get quiet before God with nothing else going on. You, God, His Word, and you, and that's it. And just get quiet before Him. And so we were like, man, I do that, and I just can't. Well, it's going to take some work. I tried exercising once. I didn't get skinny right away. This is a discipline that you have to build up over and over again, that you have to work towards getting it. Andrew's laughing at me about being fat right now, I think. Um, it's something that takes discipline. So uh, with, with my ADD, my mind wanting to go everywhere, it's something that I have to really, really work on to do. And with kids running around, it makes it even more difficult. So this is something that might take years to learn how to do. This is not something you're going to pick up in a couple of months. It's not something you're going to pick up over a short season. This is something you're going to work hard for. But I believe it's very important to learn how to be quiet and hear God in the, in the still. So be still. Be still. 
Uh, so to sum it up, we, we have to be connected to the source of the work that we have. A lot of us try to just do what we want to do and attach God's name to it. But if we want to live as an action-oriented people doing God's work and not our own work, we have to remember to stay connected to the Father. Number two, we must be purpose-driven. We must be purpose-driven. Let's look closely at Philippians chapter 1. It's my favorite passage. I'm not going to go crazy preaching it right here, but I do want to bring out some of what Paul is talking about in Philippians. He says in Philippians 1.21, For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet, which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I'm hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you for all your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Paul basically was saying, hey guys, I'd rather be dead. It would be better for me to be dead because I will be with the Father. I'm great with death. I have no problem with that. But I'm torn because if I stay in the flesh, you will be better off spiritually. Here's the question, is we, is we live, do we live with that kind of purpose? Paul says, if I continue in the flesh, I'm going to build you up spiritually. That's my purpose. As a believer, we have become a new creation. And as a new creation, we now have a new purpose. The, the sinful man is living for his own glory. He's living for his own dreams. He's living for the things that he wants to do. The things that are going to make him happy in the flesh. But as a new believer... As a new creation, as a new creation, we are, we also come. What comes with that is a new purpose, and we have to have this purpose driving us. Um, I wore a tie Barbara Tuck gave me today, and it says it's one of the Blues Brothers. He's on a mission from God. See, nothing was going to stop them because they knew what their purpose was, and their purpose was driving them. And so when things came left and right, they weren't bothered by that because they were driven by their mission. And so we have to know that that is our purpose, and that's what we're going to be doing. Here's a question to sum that up. Are the people around you closer to Jesus because of the involvement you have with them in their life? Are the people around you closer to Jesus because of your involvement in their life? Is the actions you have leading them closer to God or further away from God? And I believe that the people around us should, they should see the fruitful labor in your, labor in your life and be closer to God because of it. Paul had that. Uh, number three, we are, we are to be proactive. We are to be proactive. Matthew 7, 12 is the Great Commission. It's a passage we should be familiar with. He says, so whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Uh, when I took a class at PCC, I had a professor, and uh, it was one of the very first pushbacks I had against my faith. And I'm not sure if he was trying to push me away or trying to strengthen my walk. I really wasn't sure. Um, I'm still a little bit unsure of it. Uh, but basically, he said that every, every religion has some form of the golden rule. So this idea that, that we should do unto others is that we would have them do unto you. And uh, as I studied that more and more, that man is dead wrong. The other religions don't have the golden rule. They have something close to the golden rule. The other religions would teach it this way. If you don't want somebody to do it to you, don't do it to them. There's no proactive call on that. 
If I don't want you to smack me in the face, I'm not going to smack you in the face and everything is good. The difference in what Jesus is saying is he's calling us to be proactive with this golden rule. If you want it done to you, you go and do it to somebody else. Let me put it to you this way. It's the same idea as a peacekeeper versus a peacemaker. Mm-hmm. Keeping the peace is actually a really simple thing to do. Mm-hmm. Don't rock the boat. Don't mess things up between somebody else. But being a peacemaker calls you to go into a situation where there is no peace and to bring peace. You have to go into that on purpose and do it. So we are to be proactive. If I'm hungry, or if, let me put it this way. Um, if, if, if I'm lonely... And I want somebody to comfort me, I should go comfort somebody else who's lonely. If somebody is, is struggling, I should go seek to help them out. So it's a way that we are going after the need that's there, not waiting for something to pop up. So go and do the work, even if it's not a, a clear call in that moment. I was talking with somebody the other day, and they were like, one of my friends is in this situation. I'm not sure what I should do. I don't want to overstep my bounds. And my response was, overstep them. Go go speak truth in their life because they are in a situation right now where truth needs to be spoken to them. Don't be afraid to speak truth even if they don't want to hear truth because they might be looking for truth but don't know it yet. So they're not going to come to you and say, hey, would you give me a piece of godly wisdom so I know what to do with my problems? They don't know to do that right now, and you have the answer. And because you're not in the middle of their problem, you see it clearly. So go speak truth clearly. Don't be a jerk about it. Be as gentle as you can possibly be. Be as loving. But you have an answer they need. Go and give that answer. Be proactive in our faith. If if the world only looked out for themselves, nothing would ever get better. But as a believer, we are to look at a broken world and respond the way God responds to us. When we were in sin against God, that's when Jesus died for us. He didn't wait for us to come to him. He was proactive in salvation towards us. Likewise, as we are a, a believer called to action, we have to be proactive in the love that God has given us. We see God's love, so we go and love the world. Number four, we are to be confident. This is one of my favorite ideas that I've been stuck on for the last couple of years. We're going to go back to Matthew chapter 28 and look at the Great Commission again. This idea that we are to go. I think it's sad that we often don't focus on what's before that and behind that. I'll first illustrate it with a story. I don't have a ton of fight swords. I never really got into fights growing up, um, probably because I would have lost every single one of them because I was pretty soft. Um, but there was one time I remember I was about to get into a fight, not because I wanted to, but I was on a playground, and uh, there was this one kid that just kept picking on me. He was messing with me left and right, and I was trying to get away from him, and he would follow me because I was smaller than him, and I was an easy target, I guess. So we're going back and forth, and I'm like trying to run away from him, and, uh, and I climbed up the top of a... Of a of a slide, it was a pretty tall metal slide, and I get to the top and I had in my pocket, uh, and I had in my hand at that point, a bag of nylaters and a clear plastic bag, and it's my favorite candy, I remember this, and he snatched it from my hand while I was on top of the slide, and he reaches over and he dumps it out all over the floor, luckily they're wrapped, I'm going to go pick them up, I'm going to eat them, because that's me, I ain't wasting good candy, and he's just messing me left and right, and uh, as he's messing with me, I saw my brother coming. And a lot of you guys are like, oh, yeah, but I, was, I got made me more, ner- more nervous because my brother just always beat me up. So <laughs> I was like, man, it's about to be two on one, both of them on me. And so I'm like, man, this is going to get worse. And my brother climbs up that ladder, and he throws the other kid off the slide. Mm-hmm. It's like a 10-foot slide. I was like, whoa, I did not see that coming because every other scenario when it involved my brother, he was the one beating me up. 
And what I realized that day was it was okay for him to beat me up, but for nobody else <laughs> to beat me up. So the rest of that day on that playground, I walked around confident knowing that guy was not going to touch me again. Because even though he was bigger than me, my brother was bigger than him. And my brother was going to fight that battle for me if anything happened again. I wasn't being a little punk. I wasn't doing anything to him. He just decided to pick on me. My brother said, it's not happening again. Let's look at this called a goat and what it's sandwiched between. It's sandwiched between two thoughts. Number one, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Dangerous area. We have to think about safety is different. Safety comes when we are where God calls us to be. Safety is not coming from when we think things are going to be good. Safety is not found in being in a safe spot. Safety is found in the arms of the one who gives us refuge. So the safest place to be is where God has called us to be. A lot of us walk around trying to do missions and we're scared. We're scared of what people are going to say to us. We're scared of being rejected. We're scared they might not like us anymore. We're scared that... What if I go on a mission field? What if I lose my job and my comfort and my income? What, what, am I, what are we scared of? All authority has been given to God. God has all authority, and he is with us on this mission. So as we're doing this mission, we are hedged in where God wants us to be. We're hedged by his protection, by his provision. Where else do we need to be? So we have a mission that we can go in confidence to share everything that's going on. We have confidence in the work and in what we're called to do because God is with us. We are called to be a disciple that is active. We are called to live as an action-oriented people. God has not given us this gift of salvation so we can sit back on our couches and live a comfortable life. God has called us out of darkness so that we may proclaim his excellencies. So we have an amazing opportunity to be an ambassador and to be active. Not to sit around and wait for it, but to go into the world. We look around this world and we see tons of brokenness. And a lot of people want to then respond by sitting back and pouting, not going for anything. But the reality is that when we see that, we have hope because of what God has done to us, and we are to take that hope into this lost world and to offer them the same hope that we've been given. God has caused us to action. So what do we do? Man, take an examination of your life. Are you being active? Are you waiting for opportunities to come to you? Go out and do those things. Are you being intentional with the time that you have to go out and share um, Andrew and Catherine are figuring something out with this. I want to make sure everything is working all right. Uh, but as we sum up, let's not sit back. Let's not sit back. Let's figure out how to go forward with our faith and share the hope with the people around us. Be connected to God. Be purpose-driven. All right. So, guys, I think we got cut off for a second there. I told you we're trying to figure it out. I'm not really sure what happened, but it's okay. I just want to sum back up where we were. I'm not positive where we stopped at, and it doesn't matter. Um, our big idea is that we must live as an action-oriented people. We are called to go. And if we really want to be successful in going, we have to remember these four things. There are more before I focus on tonight. We have to stay connected to the source. We have to stay connected to the Father. We have to know our purpose and let that be what drives us. If we are purpose-driven, we're not going to be stressed and worried about every little thing that comes along and happens. 
Paul was trying to take the gospel to the nations, and so when when they did all the things to him to stop him, he wasn't worried about it because he stayed on mission. And if his mission took him somewhere else, he was driven by his purpose, purpose, and so he was okay. Number three, we have to be proactive. Don't wait for it to come to you. Go out and seek out the good works that God has, God has in store for you. Lastly, we're going to be confident knowing that the Father is with us and he is all strength. He has all the strength. And so if we can remember that I don't have to, I don't have, to have any worries when I'm on mission for God because he's got me. That's what we have to do. Guys, I hope that we will become a congregation that's known for being active. I hope that we have a reputation in our community for being the people that constantly step in. I was super excited to get the call about going and doing this building project for uh, this, this elderly gentleman uh, who needs that ramp. Why? Because it's a chance for us to be active in our faith. There's a need right here in our neighborhood. Let's go meet the need. Guys, I hope that this is just one small example of 100 million things that we do over the next several years. I want us to be super active in going out to the community and making a difference and sharing the hope that we have as believers. Andrew's going to come back up and close with the song. We'll close with the prayer, and then we'll continue the service in your living rooms with the packet that Tim provided you guys earlier. Thank you, guys.